Time now for Rocky Jordan. Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's story, Red Stands for Blood. gets cold in Cairo at night. Friday night was particularly cold, and the tambourine was doing well. I had just put in a session at the till, and it started over to my office when Chris called me to the phone. A man was at the other end of the line, and his voice wavered like a palm tree in a windstorm. Mr. Jordan. Yeah? Uh, this is... Uh, my name is Jan Melnick. I, I wish to inquire about renting your cafe tambourine for an evening. Oh, it can be done. I'm uh, expecting to have a big party, and I thought, well, if we could get together on certain details... Well, we could certainly try. Uh, could you come to see me? My address is 207 Sharia Nazim, apartment 3. Sharia Nazim? Yes, please come. I expect you later this evening. Mr. Melnick, Mr. Melnick! Uh. It sounded phony from the beginning. The Sharia Nazim winds through the poorest section of Cairo. Well, maybe Melnick won a lottery or something and was looking for a way to celebrate, so I decided to go out and see him. 207 Sharia Nazim turned out to be a wooden apartment building with a big lean-to. It was old and dirty, and it figured to be put together by a pile of scrap wood somebody fished out of the Nile. But I'd come a long way to see Melnick, so I wasn't going back. I went inside and started down a dark, creaking hallway looking for apartment three. It finally showed at the end of the hall, and I rapped on the door. Nobody answered, and I tried again. Then a voice came floating back at me from inside the room. Yes? Who is there? Jordan. I'm looking for uh, Mr. Melnick. Oh, all right. Oh, come in, Mr. Jordan. I'm most pleased to meet you. He had thrown open the door to let me in. I got my first look at him. He was short and fat, and he wore a hearing aid, the battery kind. He was dressed in a tight-fitting double-breasted suit, and a packed valise stood at his side. It figured he was ready for traveling. A nervous look covered his face, but somehow, when I came in, he relaxed. Yes, Mr. Jordan, most pleasant to meet you. Haven't I seen you around Cairo before? Uh, perhaps you have. I've been in your city for some time. Uh, street photographer, isn't that it? That is correct. Take pictures of tourists against some Cairo backgrounds and sell them the shots for a few piastres. And that is the manner in which I have made my living since the last war drove me out of my homeland. Well, business must be pretty good if you can rent the tambourine for a night. Uh, be so kind as to sit down, Mr. Jordan. I can take it standing. Uh, may I offer you a cigarette? No, thanks, but you can't turn on some more lights. That would not be wise. Well, all right, let's get to it, Melnick. Are you or are you not going to rent my tambourine? Uh, well, uh, as a matter of fact, Mr. Jordan... You're not. It's just a lot of conversation to get me out here. It was the only way in which I could get you out here to see me. I hope it is not inconvenience you too much. Oh, no, no, no. I do this all the time. I could have come to you if I possibly could, Mr. Jordan, but it would have been most unwise for me to leave this place without you. 
Look, Melnick, you may have a lot of time for games. I- I'm sorry, Mr. Jordan, but this is no game. This is very important to me. And, and it may be profitable to you. How profitable? I'm sure that we can arrive at an agreeable figure. For me doing what? Protecting me. Ah. I'm going to pay a reasonable sum for you to protect me on a journey to Alexandria. Look, I'm a cafe owner, not a bodyguard. For a price, could you not be both? Maybe. Who are you hiding out from? That I cannot tell you as yet. And then I don't figure we can get together. But, Mr. George... I want to know who you're hiding from and what you've done. Nothing that you need to be overly concerned about. Why not go to the police? They're in the protection business. Because this is and must remain a private matter. Then keep it real private, Melnick, and leave me out. Just a moment, Mr. Jordan. Yeah? I was willing to pay 50 pounds. I can double it. Sorry. Mr. Jordan, this is more important to me than you can imagine. I need someone like you. I need a man who I can trust. No deal, Melnick. Just isn't my racket. Yes. Yes, of course. I'm sorry to have bothered you, Mr. Jordan. I'll be most glad to pay you for any inconvenience I've put you to. Now, forget it. I'll be seeing you. I hope so, Mr. Jordan. Yes, I hope so. A pathetic look came over his face as I turned from him, and he shut the door softly behind me. I took about two steps down the hall when things began to happen. I threw open the door and looked inside. Melnick was hugging the floor, and there was a face outside the broken window. It was big and it was red. It was topped off with a flock of red hair and a beard to match. And its owner was packing a smoking gun and an ugly look. When he saw me, his free arm came up to cover his face. I saw his gun move, and I ducked back into the hall as he tried for me with the bullets he had left. Then it was quiet. I looked inside. The face was gone. Nothing was there. Just Melnick lying in a pool of blood on the floor, dead. I put in a quick call to Captain Sam Sabaya, the Cairo police. After two cigarettes and a lot of questions by the assorted lodgers of the apartment house, Sam got there with Sergeant Greco and a couple of his boys. Jordan, someday you must tell me why it is you always manage to be where there is trouble. Oh, I guess it's a gift, Sam. Yes, it must be something like that. Yeah. So this is the dead man. Now that's real observant. Show more respect to the captain of police, Mr. Jordan. That is all right, Sergeant. Let him have fun while he can. Who is the dead man, Jordan? His name is Jan Melnick. He's a street photographer. Mm, hard of hearing, I see. This is somewhat of a novelty for me, a corpse with a hearing aid. Sergeant. Uh, yes, Captain. You will examine the body and the room. Jordan and I will be in the hall. Uh, yes, of course, Captain. Jordan, come outside. We have some things to talk about. Go ahead, Sam. You're in charge. What were you doing out here, Jordan? Drumming up some business. Jordan, I must ask you to cooperate. That's it, Sam. He called me up, said he wanted to rent the tambourine for a night. When I got out here, I found out that he was a fake. He really wanted me to take a trip with him to Alexandria. What for? Bodyguard. Who was after him, Jordan? Uh, He didn't say. Are you sure he didn't say? Oh, he's off, Sam. You're getting a lot of information. I think I can give you the killer's name. Well, this is, as you would say... A switch? Yeah. Well, Melnick called out Kafka just before he was killed. Kafka? You can supply a description of the man? All I saw was his face. Looked like a stop signal. Red hair, red beard. And you can identify him if you see him again? Yep. Very well, Jordan. 
I will look through our files, and if I find a picture of a man who fits your description, you will get the opportunity to identify him. All right, you do that. And let us hope for your sake that there is such a man. And I'll be home sleeping. Oh, just one moment, Jordan. Uh, what's it now? Since you are my only witness, let us hope you manage to stay alive. <laughs> sure, Sam. I'll work on it real hard. I made it a point to keep my promise and went home to bed over the tambourine. I slept sound, but not for long. The light in my eyes that woke me wasn't coming from the window. It was still dark outside. It was the ceiling light. I wondered how I'd fail to turn it off. About then, I decided I was dreaming. And not a bad dream. She stood at the foot of my bed looking at me with dark brown eyes. Her black hair was drawn slickly back from her slim face. Her lips were firm but full. I approved of the rest of her, too. All but the black automatic she held in her hand. I, I won't trouble you but a moment, Mr. Jordan. Uh, manners, lady. We haven't been introduced. Here's your robe. Get up. Not that it matters, but just how did you get in here? That's beside the point. Look, I always wake up in a bad humor. Just what do you want? A photographic negative. Ugh, you unlocked the wrong door, lady. Doesn't this gun convince you that I'm serious? Now get it for me, and quickly. Supposing I have it, uh, where did I get it? From Jan Melnick, of course. Melnick? I see. I'm quite sure he gave it to you. I didn't kill Melnick. I'm quite aware of that. Suppose you try waking up a man with a red beard named Kafka. I am interested only in you, Mr. Jordan. Are my eyes lighting up? I believe you understand me. Why would Melnick give me a negative? What's this all about? I didn't come here to answer questions. Mr. Jordan, I'm becoming very impatient for the last I time. I haven't got it. I think you're lying. Well, come back in the morning. We'll have a cozy chat. Mr. Jordan, what are you doing? Opening the door. So long, lady. Not yet, Mr. Jordan. Her pistol handle had come down over my right ear. My eyes looked at each other, and I went back to sleep for quite a while. But no more dreams. Only a loud ringing in my ears that got louder and louder. I reached out to shut off the alarm clock, and all I found was the edge of the rug. I was still on the floor. The ringing continued. I finally got up and stumbled over to the table. It was all I could do to lift the receiver from the hook. Yeah? Did I wake you up, Mr. Jordan? Who is this? My name is Kafka. Oh, I thought so. Sabai is slowing down. I figured he'd have you by now. In the morning newspaper, I have been reading the things you have been saying about me. Well, if they're good, they're lies. They say I have killed a man named Melnick. They got it right. They say also that a man named Rocky Jordan saw me. <laughs> that is most unfortunate for this man. Yeah, you're telling me. Means he loses a lot of sleep while a redhead yaks at him on the phone. It means that such a man who tells such tales makes life uncomfortable for Kafka. So, what's he going to do about it? Kafka suggests that uh, if suddenly this man Jordan's memory fails and he can no longer identify the man who killed Melnick, then uh, this man Jordan may find himself somewhat richer. That doesn't appeal. I'm getting tired of money. I will give you a moment to reconsider. It's a waste of time. You also took a couple of shots at me, Kafka. That doesn't make us friendly. Jordan? Then I don't like getting pushed around because somebody's looking for some sort of negative I'm supposed to have. Or, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Might I suggest, Mr. Jordan, that you do not go back to sleep? I am thinking that you have such a short time to live. You should enjoy yourself. Yeah. The whole thing was beginning to irritate. 
I threw on some clothes and headed down to police headquarters to do a little screaming at Sabaya. It was a little after seven when I got there. As Sabaya rocked back and forth in his squeaky chair, he looked tired. It figured he'd spent the night there. Sergeant Greco stood by his side. Well, Captain, mm? look who has come to visit us. This isn't a visit, Greco. It's business. Yeah, we have some with you too, Jordan. Looks like you two boys have been hatching up something. Jordan, Sergeant Greco and I have spent the night looking through our files to find a picture of the man you say killed Jan Melvin. Uh, yes, Mr. Jordan. Just a moment, and, Sergeant. Uh, 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 Jordan, this is the picture we found that fits the description you gave us. Look at this. Mm, sure. Is this the man? Yeah, that's the one. Red face, red beard, and hair. You are sure, Jordan? We do not want you to make a, a mistake. Oh, no, I'm sure, all right, Sam. Nobody else would come that ugly. There you are, Captain. I told you, Just Mr. Jordan... Just a moment, Sergeant. Jordan, you do not wish to change your decision that this is a photograph of the man who killed Melnick? What are you getting at? What is it you're trying to do, Jordan? But Sam... Why are you lying to us? Hey, what's going on? This is a photograph of a man who has been dead for two years. Jordan, I think perhaps that we had better keep you here until you decide... To tell the truth. When you see a man with a gun throwing slugs your way, you have to remember what he looks like. I'd have bet my last piaster I could identify the red face, red hair, and beard of the man I saw kill Jan Melnick. And when Captain Sam Sabaya pulled that man's picture from the police files, I said he was the one. I was still sure of it when Sam pulled the clincher. According to police records there at headquarters, the killer I had identified had been dead for two years. I didn't like the way Sam and his number one boy, Sergeant Greco, were looking at me. Now, Jordan, perhaps you will be more careful with your information. Who killed Jan Melnick? That's his picture, Sam. Mr. Jordan, Captain Sabaya just told you that man has been dead. Yeah, I heard him, Gregor. What's the lowdown on Kafka, Sam? He was a native of Turkey, an international thief who would stop at nothing. That much, I'll believe. What makes you so sure he's dead? I have the complete report here. Two years ago, the Turkish authorities finally caught up with him. Kafka's speeding car went off a cliff into the Bosporus. It was very deep there. They recovered the body? It was hardly necessary. I thought so. That's where they made the mistake. There has been no mistake, Jordan. Kafka doesn't think so. Now what are you trying to tell me? He just called me on the phone. Kafka knows I saw him kill Melnick. Jordan, cannot I make you understand... There's something else to think about. A black-haired dame with long eyelashes wandered up to my room last night looking for a photographic negative. She thinks Melnick gave it to me. What was this dame, uh, this lady's name? I don't know. But I think the negative fits into this case. Yeah. And where do you suggest that we look for it? Mm, that's your problem. All I want you to do is get those two people out of my hair. You will be quite safe in one of our cells, Mr. Jordan. Uh, look, We Greco. have no reason to keep him, Greco. So now, Jordan, if that is all you wish to say... Well, what about Kafka, Sam? Let me repeat. This report on him is quite clear. I am inclined to believe it. Okay, if you don't find him, I will. I don't want him on my tail. <laughs> There was a photographic negative somewhere in Cairo that was hot enough to set up a murder. Jan Melnick had died for it. I might be next. I wanted to know why. I went back to the place on Sharia Nazim where I had found him in his room. 
I found out two things. He'd rented the room a short time before, but hadn't lived in it. And he had a wife. Their home was down on the Nile waterfront in the worst part of Cairo. So I looked it up. You could call it a home, if you like. It was worse than a shambles. Not fit for one of the starved dogs that roamed the dirty streets. Who is it? Mrs. Melnick? Yes. I'm Rocky Jordan. Oh, you are the man who saw my husband killed. That's right. I'm sorry, but there are a few things I'd like to ask you, Mrs. Melnick. Well, I... Won't you come in, Mr. Jordan? Please, please, please be seated. Thank you. I wish I could serve you something, Mr. Jordan, but no, you see, I... No, that isn't necessary. Mrs. Melnick. You... You know Jan well. Not before he called me yesterday. I had seen him on the streets. On the streets, yes. Mr. Jordan, it... It was not always as you see here. We had a good home in Prague. I'm sure you did. Jan was a good husband. But we lost everything. After we came to Cairo, it, it was hard for him... Always he dreamed of taking me away from this. Mrs. Melnick, any idea why someone would want to kill your husband? No. Only that he said he must make a trip. He said that when he came back, there would be enough money for our old age and there would be no more worries. And now he... You suppose he took the room on Sharia Nazim to hide out from something? It is possible. I, I do not know. Miss Melnick, your husband worked for a photographic company, didn't he? Yes. Tourist Pictures Incorporated, he told me. He ever tell you about a certain negative he wanted to protect? Negative? No. Um, what about a good-looking brunette girl with sleek hair and long eyelashes? I, I know of no such person. Did he ever mention a criminal named Kafka? A criminal? No, Mr. Jordan. Jan was a good man. He, he worked hard. Sure, I know. Being hard of hearing must have made it difficult, too. Mr. Jordan, my husband was not deaf, not at all. I see. Now, Mrs. Melnick, there are a few of your husband's effects down at police headquarters. I wonder if you'd like to get them. Oh, yes, yes, I, I, I do want them. Well, then suppose we go down now. I'll take uh, You're most kind, Mr. Jordan. Uh, will you wait a moment while, while I get ready? Surely, I'll be right outside. I went down a few steps and looked out across the river. I'll never know why, but in a split second, I glanced back to see the flash of a knife. It clipped my ear and sailed out into the Nile. When I saw where it came from, I saw red, all red, face, hair, and beard. And Kafka came from my throat. I was braced for him, and we rolled together across a narrow landing and into the river. I was underneath, and he held me there in the shallow water. My hand found his beard, and I dragged him down with me. He couldn't take it too long. His fingers loosened, and we were up. I hung onto his beard and flailed away at his ugly face. Then he slipped loose, and his boot heels sunk in below my stomach. When I came up, Kafka was halfway up the bank and running. Mr. Jordan! Mr. Jordan! Get a good look at that guy, Mrs. Melnick. He's the guy who killed your husband. I saw him. He was trying to kill you. Yeah. All right, now, let's keep our date at headquarters. Up the hill away, we caught a taxi, and in 30 minutes, we got out at headquarters. Captain Sabaya wasn't there, but Sergeant Greco sat behind the desk. Well, Mr. Jordan, been swimming in the Nile? Uh, for once in your life, you're right, Greco. But never mind the small talk. We came to get Jan Melnick's effects. Why should I give them to you? Easy, Greco. This is Mrs. Melnick, Jan Melnick's wife. 
Oh, uh, I am at your service, madam. Sergeant Greco, my husband had only a few things, but can I have them now? Your identification, Mrs. Melnick. Look, Greco, I'll identify her. Like you identified Kafka's picture, Mr. Jordan? Well, will, will this letter do, Sergeant Greco? Uh, let me see. Very well. Now, will you sign here, please? Okay, now get it, Greco. Cut the store. Uh, one moment. Here you are, Mrs. Melnick. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sergeant Greco. Thank you. But wait, this... Come on, Mrs. Melnick. Let's get out of here. She put her husband's effects in a little bag she was carrying, and I hurried her out. None of the stuff looked worth bothering about, but I didn't want Greco sniffing around. I took her down the street a ways, and then we stopped. Uh, Mrs. Melnick, do you mind if I see those things now? If you wish, Mr. Jordan. These, uh, these did belong to your husband, didn't they? Oh, yes, yes, the watch, and, and, and... But this, this is not his. What is it? It's a hearing aid. He was wearing it when I saw him last. Jan had no need for this, I... Let's have a look. Uh, what are you doing, Mr. Jordan? Uh, he had some reason for wearing this, Mrs. Melnick. Maybe something inside. Yeah. What is it? A negative. But, but it, it is so tiny. Uh, it's microfilm. Uh, too small to make out anything. But you take it to the police? Uh, let Greco get it. I'll let find out what this is all about. Miss Melnick, suppose you go to my cafe temporary. Well, if you wish, Mr. Jordan. But, but why? Just wait for me there. When I see you again, I figure I'll be able to explain everything. tiny bit of microfilm had the answers, and I had to find a photographic shop to see what they were. And why not the place where Jan Melnick had worked? Tourist Pictures Incorporated. I located the place on a side street off Solomon Pasha Square. As I went in, I saw a face start from behind the curtains in back. A slim face with dark eyes, framed by sleek black hair. She was just as pretty and just as scared as the night before. I got back there on the double. There. No gun this time, lady? Uh I don't have it now, Mr. Jordan. I didn't get your name. I'm Marta Helwig. Now let's have some more answers. Why are you here? Returning the visit, maybe. You left in a hurry last night. Oh, Rocky, I, I'm sorry. I didn't want to hurt you, but I had to. Sure, they always have to. Believe me, Rocky. I didn't shoot. I could have. Oh, forget it. My head's clear enough now. You were looking for a photographic negative, Marta. Yes, I must find it. Why? I don't, I'll be killed. By a redhead named Kafka? Yes. Yes, Rocky. If you know anything there, about take it. a look. This the one? Why, perhaps, I, I don't know. Where'd you get it? From where Melnick hit it? Oh, Rocky, please let me have it. I'll do anything, Rocky. Anything. Uh, no deals till I see what's on it. You got a projector here? Yes, over here. All right, turn it on. All right, Rocky, but we've got to hurry. Yeah, wait a little bit of focus. Rocky, that's the one. Taken in front of the Grand Theater. Who's the Egyptian? I don't know, but you see who's in back. Sure, no surprise at all. It's Kafka. 
Yeah, but he looks a little surprised. You understand now, Rocky. Yeah, everything. Jan Melnick just happened to snap this picture, and Kafka was in it by accident, along with the date of the next picture showing at the theater. So he's located in Cairo, date and all. That's right. When Melnick developed the negative, he must have recognized that ugly face. So he put it on microfilm and planned to get it to Turkey, where there was a price on Kafka's head. Only Kafka found out. Where do you fit? Well, Kafka came to me, offering me a price if I would get the negative and return it. Seemed the easy way for him. That bump in my head didn't pay off, Mother. But, Rocky, that wasn't all. He said if I didn't get it for him, that I needn't plan my breakfast for this morning. You see now why I was desperate. Did he show up? No, not yet. But now we can give it to him. No, and... nothing doing. Get your coat, Marta. Oh, please, Rocky. Get it. We're going to Sam Sabaya to prove that Kafka's alive. All right, Rocky. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll just take this film. Just leave it there, George. Huh? Leave it in the projector. I will get it. Kafka. Yes. Now get back. I use a pistol better than a knife. You showed up a little too late. In time to get what I want. Mission accomplished, huh? No, not yet. I warned you to lay off, Jordan. You know too much. Now what do I get? This, Jordan. I braced for the slug, but it didn't come. Kafka just looked at me. His gun dropped from his hand, and he went limp, like the hump on a starving camel. Marta stood in the doorway, the color gone from her dark eyes. Well, I... See, you found your gun again. Yes, I found it. Who was it for, Kafka or me? Does it make any difference now? No, no. Now you're in the clear now, baby. You can relax. <laughs> Suddenly she did, but I got to her before she slid to the floor. From then on, things were more pleasant. When she was steady again, we paid Sam Sabaya a visit. He was real pleased. But Greco wasn't because he got the job of taking care of Kafka. I made a date with Marta to meet her later, and then Sam and I went to the tambourine where Mrs. Melnick was waiting. So, so that is what Jan was trying to do. But why? Mrs. Melnick, your husband had only the highest motives in his effort to get Kafka's photograph to the Turkish authorities. He knew he was asking for trouble. He figured the risk was worth it. For your sake, Mrs. Melnick. Unfortunately, he was dealing with a desperate criminal. The whole affair is most regrettable. However, there is one consolation. Yes? The Turkish government had a price of 1,000 pounds on Kafka's head. I am sure Jordan will agree that the money goes to you. Of course, Sam. Kafka would never have been found if it hadn't been for Jan Melnik. Yes, that is true. I only wish he'd realized that my own comfort was not so important to me as our life together. But Jan thought only of me. He was a good man. It's CBS again at this same time next week for another story of adventure and intrigue when we take you back to Cairo and the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. 
Jack Moyles plays the title role, the story by Gomer Cool and Larry Roman. Rocky Jordan is produced and directed by Cliff Howell with original music by Richard Arant. Larry Thor speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.